Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome to yet another GeoMob podcast. In fact, this is an extra special GeoMob podcast. You could say it's a special edition that's extra to the special edition that we recorded a week ago, or you could just say that because my guest, Jeremy Morley, and Ken Field are extra special, that this is an extra special podcast. Whatever, enough of that babbling. Why are we even doing this? Well, about a week ago, we recorded the regular, what's now regular, Geomob Christmas podcast, uh, which we called the Christmas Roast this year. And Ken Field was out boozing with his cartel mates in Florence. And Jeremy Morley was meant to be out having... Christmas supper with his team, but I think it got cancelled. And so they couldn't join us. And they wanted to share their thoughts about 21 and 22. So we thought, well, let's record an extra episode. It could be that we'll call this the Christmas pudding. But if we don't get to publish it until after the new year, we may well call it the New Year's tipple. Whatever. Jeremy and Ken, welcome back to yet another GMOB podcast. Thanks, Stephen. And it seems to hello, Stephen. It seems to be another Thank opportunity you. to haul us over the coals for predictions from last year as well. So uh, that's that's always oh, good, isn't it? Absolutely, it's my opportunity to laugh at a pair of you. Whereas <laughs> yeah, normally, yeah, it's yeah. your opportunity. Yeah, to never laugh predict at me. the future. You um, can only end up being a fool. But you're not mentioning just... you're not mentioning anything about the fact that uh, the Christmas roast didn't go well. So you needed Jeremy and me to prop this up, is it? You know mentioning that it was the best ever thing that we've recorded oh oh, oh, okay. oh okay oh yeah <laughs> not what you said no pressure no pressure there there was virtually no swearing <laughs> there were no mentioning libelous mentions of companies that we don't like it was a f- mark island was, was involved how can that be so it just worked brilliantly yeah, anyway Let's get started. So, Jeremy, something notable or favourite in Geo from 2021? Well, it seems like ages ago already because it was um, back at the start of the year. But I think for me, an interesting thing was the actual publication of the Locust Charter, actually, in, in our world. Maybe not entirely centrally kind of geo in this kind of technology sorts of things we talk about. But I think considerations of ethics and ethical use of data is... Uh, kind of never goes amiss. And I think that was a highlight. Okay. I have to tell you, you might have guessed that Denise already bagged that one. So I'm going to give you a runner-up if you want it, because Denise bagged the Locust uh, Let me Let Even me think about something... that. Let's see what Ken has to uh, to offer and uh, okay. come back to me. Go on, Ken. Oh, well, actually, I mean, on a personal <laughs> level, the ability to attend a conference in real life again was wonderful. I mean, it, it really was. I can't express how amazing it was just to be in a room with people and uh, just chat maps and stuff, you know? I yeah. think. I, I, I mean, I think the yeah. te- technology has been brilliant over the last couple of years, but it, there's something just good about meeting over a, a beer or a meal and chatting. Yes, I uh, completely Absolutely. agree with that. And actually, um, being able to get back to a real-life mob was uh, fantastic in in that way but i think on the opposite side the fact that there has been good discourse anyway this year and that life has actually managed to carry on relatively relatively well despite everything that's been going on is also actually a positive in in its way but yeah real life is better real life is better but ken i 
you're holding back and I know what the highlight of 21 must have been for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, the whole wonder surrounding the fact that what three words is still a thing. <laughs> I think that's incredibly, <laughs> in, incredibly notable, incredibly notable. The ability to sustain that model, whatever that model might be, is 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 just spectacular. And despite dire, okay, project, really despite dire predictions from... Uh, some of our uh, colleagues last year, uh, the Geospatial Commission is still on the, the scene as well. So there we are. Indeed yeah. it is. Indeed it is. But, um, but, but I think you're talking about books, aren't you, Stephen? You want me to get the plug yeah. out of the Oh, way. is there a book out? So uh, wonderful books. I mean, you know, there's been, you know, James and Oliver's Atlas of Invisible. There's been Imaginary Places by Matt Brown and Rhys Davis. There's yeah. been The Great Atlas of Scotland by Andrew Redman Barr. And, uh, oh, my book got a publication date. Whoop, whoop. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it, it's not quite out yet. So no. this time next year, it'll be a highlight of next year that my book was out. So this is like a three or four year running thread. It's the great thing. It's kind of sneaking out in parts, isn't it? And so you can claim it in several <laughs> several occasions. Yeah. I, I think we're publishing I mean, it chapter by chapter just to you know get the slow burn. Yeah. Well, just to explain to our listeners, Ken, the digital version was published this year Correct. to great acclaim, and uh, By we you. did a podcast. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, and we did a podcast about it, and I think it is a brilliant book, and I've really learned and enjoyed reading it. But there was Thank no you. physical version. No, but that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but there will be. Uh, yeah, there will be. That's that's another story. And, yes, and yeah. that's what a book okay. like that needs, okay. really, isn't it? Something you can hold yeah, in your hands and, not, and see. Publishing is not easy at the best of times, and it's mm. not been an easy time for publishers. And there's been lots of lots of things surrounding lots of different people's ability to publish. Uh, notwithstanding, you know, my, mine also got affected. Mm. We can go into that another time, but it's just yeah. It is what it's it is, great that, but it's coming out. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, and I'm that really will be delighted about it. And that. I tweeted the other day that sort of picture of the front display at Waterstones in uh, in Nottingham, it happened to be, with a beautiful set of kind of mappy books on it, all alongside kind of your universe books and whatever else. So, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been a really good year for that publication. Mm-hmm. It has been a fantastic year for map books. You know, there's a long list and that we could talk about, but just the number of them and the fact that there have been so many has made it a fantastic year for those of us who love maps. So let's hope that we're going to get another one of those next year. So, Jeremy, you said that I was going to pull you up about yeah. predictions and you've already mentioned that somebody met, who forecast the demise or reduction of the geospatial commission was wrong but what about your prediction let me just remind yeah. myself what you said was that you thought government's focus on saving money would result in more focus on location yeah i don't think we're quite at that place yet as it's as it's happened i, I suppose <laughs> by now we'd hoped it would we'd be on the other side and maybe in that case kind of pigeons would be coming home to roost i was thinking in the economy and mm. and so on but you know, as we speak with uh, Omicron rising and all the rest of it, if anything, the Chancellor is starting to announce more financial support measures and all that sort of thing. So mm. maybe we're just not there yet. And uh, we can look forward to talking about that and the times when we're on the other side of uh, of COVID and so on. That's my, my defence of that case, at least. Well, it's a sort of defence. <laughs> I mean, everyone's going to have an explanation of how they were sort of right, but events Offensive sort of intervened. Events, yeah. events. So what did Ken say? Ken was looking forward to the ubiquity of real-time data feeds and the need for real-time analysis and visualisation 
to advance to keep up with the volume of data that was coming through. Quite sad. It, it did, it? yeah. It did, it, it did. really it did. did. by 2013. I'm not sure you actually said that. It might be that I sort of bigged it up when I wrote oh, it no, down. That sounds great. I mean, I think I think I was right, but it might take another 10, 20, 30 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should stick with that prediction for this year. It'll happen sometime. It has to, because that's where, you know data's headed yes and if data's That's headed bit... that way then we're gonna to have to keep up with yeah. this and i think my my kind of tip for the future actually i know this is jumping ahead a bit Stephen, but is is related to that actually i think what i've seen is not exciting per se but i think being able to link data better together and that includes mm. kind of real-time data mm. is going to be a, a really increasingly important thing and you know kind of in the os world that kind of thing of properties households and buildings and so on and the interlinkage of that to, of all sorts of data that gets aggregated that way whether it's around net zero and energy or who's living in the place and geodemographics you know that geo and provides such an important linking layer and to an extent it's all yeah always been thus and but mostly been done visually maybe and occasionally in databases but that sort of thing as as real-time feeds happen as things get smarter you know, linking stuff together and identifying and interrelating, that's going to be a really important thing, I think. We'll see more of that. Thanks for that defence, Jeremy. That's, yeah. that's exactly yeah. how that's I, what you meant, I would it? have defended that. Yeah, that's what I would have defended that prediction with. Yes, yeah. sounds yeah. good. Yeah, and I think you're both right. You know, I think you're both right. And I just, as you were saying that, the two of you, I was thinking back. Yeah, if you go back to 2005, 2008, that sort of time, you know, only... 15 years ago, roughly, the idea that you would be able to do some of the things that we're currently doing in the cloud with the volumes of data that are being generated would have just been ridiculous. Nobody, mm. You would have said that can't possibly yes. happen. You know, in fact, I remember you know, the idea that you would take satellite imagery and get it into the cloud was almost inconceivable. Yes. You, know, you had to process it and compress it. And do one it image at a time. And, and, yeah. It. yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and you had those, you remember all those websites which had sort of postage stamp sized maps because that was all the images that they could stream yes. down the 48K modems or whatever it was at the time. Or it's um, all the Ordnance Survey would license. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They How yeah, things small, have changed. Small, 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 <laughs> so, all right. So you're sort of, you're making your excuses, and I think they're fair excuses, so I'm not going to... Which makes to... them reasons, not excuses, uh, doesn't it? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Anyway. So, something bad must have happened last year, apart from COVID. Don't say <laughs> no, COVID No one mentioned the me. C word. So what, what bad thing happened in Geo that pissed you off, made you angry? Who's that to? Jeremy, do you want to... Jeremy, go Got anything? I don't have a real bet noir, I think, for, uh, for this year. I, I'm interested in hearing Ken's, I think. I'm sure Ken has a list. <laughs> All right, I might not mention the C word. Yeah. But surely, surely, surely the pandemic should have been a moment for Geo to harness, right? But I don't think it has. I, I think we've talked a lot about it. But if Geo was so fantastic and we talk about how important spatial is and how important it is to, you know, solving world problems and this, that and the other, then why hasn't it been at the forefront of understanding? I think I, I, and I critically solutions. I think I'd leap in there actually, Ken. I think there are different two different sides to that. I mean, I don't think I don't think kind of map the mapping side of geo has has been revolutionised or 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 whatever so so much here. But for us being involved in 
some of the response to do with um, COVID. I think there have been two things. I think actually having some geo people and having some OS people seconded into that did allow, at least in the UK, governments to think a bit more spatially and, and geographically. But that, maybe it's just been hidden a little I bit. I think so. It's I, just not the I really think thing. this is the time. Where, yeah, it's, this is the time where we could have, you know, really shined. I think, and we've got the technology that all the books of the sixties and the seventies were saying we needed in order to do all the geographies yeah. that they were talking about but um, i think there's been other kind of silent gains that just wouldn't ever be the sorts of things you that hit the front page of the times or whatever in going back to that thing about being able to link data together i think it has really pushed into the minds of in in some of the kind of health and social care settings the importance just of good verifiable addresses and having mm. you know nice solid things like uprns built into records so that data can be interrelated and so things like track and trace systems yeah. and whatever else actually work and it may not be high profile geo but there's been lots of messages and wins that are about that enabling architecture you know? that's, that's a fair point but well let me, let just... me jump in for a sec oh go on so i'm going to play ed parsons that's um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, you know, maybe if you listen to what Jeremy's said, the fact that we're not hearing about it is a really good thing because we have to get over this spatialist special thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't heard anybody advocating for more use of no SQL databases or Excel spreadsheets or any of the other tools that people have been using to work with data and all of that. They've just been getting on with it. What people are interested in is what you do, not the tools you use to do it. But Yeah. Yeah, I think I think really all I'm saying is, you know, this was I think this has been Geo's time to, you know, time to shine in a in a sort of a sexy upfront kind of way. But the way it seems to have been revealed publicly and, and the public have, you know, jumped on board is through the kind of coffee table books that we've just mentioned very briefly. Mm. You know, that's that's still, to me, what people see. Geographers, GIS people, cartographers, that's that's what they seem to think we do. You know, we've published beautiful books with some fascinating maps of some interesting data set, and that's great. But it's all the really important work that goes on behind the scenes. And maybe Ed's right, maybe we don't need it to be front and centre, but... I think there are you know, some... Then some... We, also, we also get those accusations of, well, what do you really yeah. do? I think there are some glossier areas coming. I get the sense, actually, that 3D information is starting to become more important. Mm. There's more of a case for it. And around mm. things like uh, planning for big events, the new regulations about big venues having to have better plans for kind of what happens in, to respond to terrorist incidents and so on, that'll drive some need for 3D as well. And I think, actually, the, the glossy thing that's coming is maybe finally a... a good demand base that that really makes a, a case for not just kind of individual location project-based 3D, but a, a wider kind of more national thing. I think it's maybe also large scale. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of work that we've done, you know, for decades has been at best at medium scale because data just hasn't existed in the resolution that's required to look at, you know, very, very small areas yeah. for, for exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So, and that 3D you know, thing... It, yeah, let's make a 3D map is kind of as empty a thing as let's make a 2D Don't map, get me you on know. That. But yeah, and, <laughs> and a really open question is what sort of 3D is is going to be first or the best sellers? You know, is it going to be kind of regional or urban scale stuff, which is more like meshes or that really fine scale mm. block mm. modeling or 
more like microgeography, kind of 3D, which is street scenes and the clutter of stuff around uh, in, a, in a street area. You know, those are quite different things to collect, maintain, you know, describe. And, yeah, that's an open question still, I think. Yep. Okay, so neither of you really wants to go out and say something shitty happened in 21. Fair well, enough. I, I tried to, but Jeremy came up with a very strong um, rebuttal. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can listen to the I mean, other lot's version to hear what they thought was shitty in 21. I mean, I'm I thought what going... was shitty is it had an uncanny resemblance to 2020, yeah. really. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, yeah. Not much happened. You can usually identify years by the places you've been, the things you've done. Oh, I remember doing that in whenever it was. But I did mostly the same shit every yeah. day. Like most yeah, people. sat at the, this very that's, desk. That's here. what was shitty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and I think certainly a disappointing thing is that there was nothing really phenomenal that happened in geo yeah there were some things in in space and remote yeah. sensing and things like that that were pretty damn impressive in the year and actually you know we're not going to talk I about think... Jeff Bezos and his giant rocket. Are we? <laughs> no, we're not it's, going to his no, rocket okay. just looks Bezos. like a thingy you mean like a uh, comedy <laughs> carrot is, um, yeah whatever we won't talk okay. about it Glad we didn't. So, yeah, few. So, close call. Let's not talk yeah. about that then. So, let's talk about next year. What are you looking forward to, Jeremy? It's a slightly different question for the one I was going to answer. So, I'm going to answer the one I was going to answer, which is what, what, <laughs> what, what do I think very politi- like a politi- what's going to be yeah. important or, or exciting next year? I think a thing that is gaining more attention than it has is actually robustness of you know, the position, navigation, and timing sort of stuff that actually is built into an awful lot of infrastructure around the world and more attention to how resilient things like GNSS services are and what they can be relied on and when and how we how we shore up the robustness of systems like that I think will is really starting to get more attention and is more important than people think right and of course it's that sort of stuff that nobody knows about until it yeah. goes wrong. I mean, we all reason. know about it for the blue dot on the map and so on, and that's that's important enough in its in its own way. But all the stuff to do with timing services and how things get synchronized and and we know it's things are happening at the same time. A lot of that is now uh, linked to GNSS signals, just because they're easy to get hold of everywhere. But it's a low power signal; it's easily overwhelmed or or spoofed and and so on. So yeah, lots of lots of ifs. If some maybes about about that system. Okay, that's a good one. I'm going to write that down, and we'll see whether where's it any got of to. That yeah, happens, yeah, where it's got to in a year's time. What about you, Ken? For this uh, um, year, I've got three because just before we did this, Jeremy said he hadn't any, so I've written them, <laughs> but they're quick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm delighted to hopefully see a further decline in the use of dashboards on websites <laughs> because, and I tell you why. I don't like them generally because it's just basically people throwing stuff at a screen mm. and then expecting people to then be able to interpret all of the maps and the data and the graphs and the tabulations and, and come to their own conclusions, which is fine, I think, if you're an expert. But what I've really enjoyed this year and I hope to see much more of is the sort of work that people like John Byrne Murdoch are doing at the FT. It's less visual for the sake of visual, like a dashboard but it's visual for the sake of explaining. So it's this addition of explanatory notes and additional information to help a reader, a general, you know, general reader, make sense of what it is they're seeing, which for us may be 
easily digestible in a technical form, but not not everybody can mm. do it, and that's that's fine. So I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that that trend will continue. I'm hopeful that conferences will further be able to determine what a decent event is in the new world. Yes. I've been to a few hybrid events that I've not really felt worked particularly well because the people who are there in real life are getting a little bit shortchanged and the people online are perhaps still feeling a little bit remote. Uh, remote. And I, I don't know whether it should be one or the other or whether there is a, a hybrid form that will finally work well for everybody i think what started to work better for us at os is hybrid meetings it's a different thing from hybrid events and hybrid conferences i think we're we've got some better kit in and we're learning i think better how to have yeah not too large meetings where some are in the room and some are, are remote and kind of giving way to people remotely kind of talking and and make it a bit equitable that starts to fit, has started to feel like it's working a bit better, which is mm. is encouraging, I think, because I don't think we're going to go back to all working together in the same office, so we have to make it work. But yeah, that event thing is an entirely different thing, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with with the workplace. I think we've found very very good ways of of dealing with the situation and and ensuring that you know work can continue. But yeah, it's, it's the conferencing, I think. And, yeah. I think particularly difficult you know, having been involved in a small way with the online phosphagy this year we can we can make a hybrid event that works better but what we can't do is we can't make the remote participants experience the social and the serendipity yeah the best things about conferences are the new people that you meet when you're standing in the queue for coffee or or whatever, and you discover that you've got something in common with them and actually you go away and they're one more person that you've added to that network mm. um, who you chat with across all the social media channels, but you've got yeah. a face, yeah. you've put a face well, I think conversely them. as well is that it's similar argument in office as well. That's, but, yeah, yeah, towards the end of the year, I was starting to go into Explorer House at, at OS more, and it was always valuable, you know, always bumping into people and and just catching up is a big dynamic i think in the in the workplace yeah. and uh, it's difficult you know i mean genuinely so the reason i missed the reason i missed the the road the, the recording last week is because i was actually out with somebody i'd never met before having dinner and we had Lovely. a fantastic conversation and it, it was i mean it really was wonderful we were both sat in this restaurant just waxing lyrical and just enjoying you know the, the, yeah. the whole idea of just chatting about what it is we we love doing yeah i do have one one of the small sorry go on jeremy go on you give us your last yeah give us your last one ken that's fine oh um i i'm looking very much forward to seeing what term uh people who currently call themselves data scientists are going to come up to describe their job <laughs> in the future because it's become it's become a catch-all everybody seems to think they're a data scientist yes and they're not a data scientist is a very specific skill set job skill set yeah and and you know it's hilarious what 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 are you i'm a data scientist i think i got a set you you, you've got a geography bachelor's (laughs) and that makes you a data scientist i don't think it does yes i can open excel exactly yeah 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 i mean if you think data science is is dropping your excel spreadsheet data into a piece of proprietary software and pressing a button that says make me a map is that's not data science yes 
it's a very specific skill set. I think some of those that really are data scientists are doing some wonderful work, but um, I do wish that others would just not necessarily jump on the bandwagon. So hopefully we'll find that um yes another uh, bandwagon that people those people can jump well, onto and leave the data scientists we've been behind. through information architect oh, yes. haven't we what else have we been through uh, yeah, yeah just all of that all yeah. Sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay so i don't have any more predictions because i did my predictions in the other thing but i am going to help leave you with a hope for 22 which is that we just see a few more good maps in the press because Ken, you rightly talked about the great work the FT have done this year. And I think some of the other press Mm. have, well, they've been disappointing. I'm not calling anybody out, but some of the maps that we see are just so disappointing. They don't show anything. They don't add any value. And I really hope that we stop just using maps as space fillers, yes. because I'm going to disagree. I want to disagree with you. I, I, okay. th- I think we've we've. I think what we've seen in the last maybe year to eighteen months is exactly what we saw a decade or so ago when web maps first hit the scene. The majority of them were awful to start with, but we're now at a point where actually, you know, pretty much most web maps are, are pretty reasonable, and some are exceptional. And I actually think the majority of the press is doing a pretty good job. I think maybe, I don't know, are you alluding to the difference between what you might call a quality publication and a tabloid, maybe? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because I think there is a difference there. You still see the sensationalist, you know, poorly conceived rubbish. But I think generally speaking in the quality media, I think think it's it's really quite impressive. I've been very impressed. Okay. They will agree to differ. (laughs) And... Which is fine, because that's what friends do. But what I'm going to do, Ken, is I'm going to keep a special eye out for maps (laughs) in the press that I think are pointless or poor, and I'm going to plague you with them this (laughs) year. That's fine. You can do that. Just don't publicly comment on them on Twitter. (laughs) No, because... no, no, That doesn't work. It doesn't work I know not. I know not to do that, but I will plague you with them. And oh, good. Then I look forward to that. Come maybe the middle of the year or the autumn, we'll actually do a podcast, the two of us, discussing some of these okay. and me saying why I thought they were poor and you saying why you thought they were good. Or maybe you'll you need You need, to, you need each to collect the uh, the grouch of the, the week and the success of the week. So, uh, Stephen, if you had the <laughs> poor map of the week and... Uh, Ken, you had the good map of the week. Yeah, you know, we that would be that. better. Well, I'm, I'm trying, to put a, yeah. trying to put a map of the week on my blog at the moment, you know, just to, for some balance in, in the world. So you know, you know you're giving, coming, cool, you're giving me an idea for another book. Yeah. Stephen. Okay. All right, good. Mm. But you've got another book on the way, haven't have you, I? already? <laughs> well, I thought you said you had. Shh. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've got another, another book. And... Um, Quick plug, Ken, you launched a new blog this year with some interesting stuff on it, Maps of the Week, and some good longish form articles. What's the address of that blog? Cartoblography.com. Oh, excellent. Okay. And, and, and I, I did it simply because I, actually I was getting a little bit disillusioned with, you know, Twitter and other sort of short form because people seem to get upset about the fact that, you know, you can't you can't have a complete debate in a 240 characters. Yeah. but. 
yet, <laughs> you know, the criticism for not including this comment or that comment or this argument or that argument. And I thought, well, that's that's why we had blogs. But then people stopped reading blogs because they didn't like to spend more than 20 seconds reading something. And now they don't like the short form. So I've gone back to thinking, well, maybe, you know, a medium form. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> Not a, too long. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, ideas yeah. that do actually require a few paragraphs. Um, and yeah. just, you know, I hope people will, you know, go and have a look. Well, Okay. I think that's a wrap. Well, We've no, you, we haven't had predictions. Oh, those were wishes, were they? Well, the decline that was of what you're looking for. That was what we were looking forward to. I've got. Oh, one. I see. Oh, yeah. oh you've got predictions. Well, okay, I've got go a on prediction. You like Give me a one. prediction. I, I expect, and this involves you, Stephen. Um, I expect an increase in the use of natural language processing. Mm. Um, that's a good one to tease out. You know, data that can feed directly into our analysis. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's say, for instance, you know, Stephen says somewhere online that he spent the afternoon at the football, and that's all he says. I know he's at the Emirates. I can locate him. I can put him into a football stadium. So I think I think there'll be more of that kind of thing. And this goes back to a point I think you made earlier, Jeremy, about, you know, all these different types of data starting to become more interlinked and, you know, more capable of being analyzed together with with one another so yeah, i think natural language processing is going to become a little bit more to the mm. fore perhaps and even just uh, let me temper this perhaps just in its initial stages so that i don't have to defend <laughs> this too much this time yeah, next yeah. year well, i think that's a really good prediction because i think i know that there's quite a lot of work going on around metadata for example using nlp to try and go straight from a data set to a metadata abstract and to finding keywords and suggesting keywords, which would automate that whole process to make data more discoverable, yeah. which is one of our, you know, is going to be one of the problems in the coming years is that if we have such colossal amounts of data and it's changing so rapidly, how on earth does anybody find the stuff that they want with the right currency? I think that, mm. that is the better use case probably i think or the more tractable one the what's what's stephen talking about when he says he's down the football is quite quite <laughs> usually rubbish it's but, quite yeah. tricky because yeah mostly it means he's going to feel disappointed but that's not the matter but um <laughs> <laughs> but i yeah, i think that information kind of conflation using an lp to glue it all together is really tricky just because you trying to find all those right sources to glue together through the NLP LP is is still very very difficult to to ascertain which sources you go to to find the right bits and seeing seeing through the noise to the signal I think is still difficult you know finding the data that glues together and then paying attention to the right bits is still I think a difficult challenge even after you understand the NLP there's lots of fascinating stuff to do with kind of the prepositions and things and what does the post box on the corner versus the post office on the corner imply different spatial dis- differences distances sorry with the same prepositions so there's lots of stuff buried in there that's really interesting for NLP and geospatial but yeah it's more difficult than it sounds I think some of this but isn't that why we're interested in jobs yeah definitely yeah that's, yeah that's that's what <laughs> That's what makes people geographers, I think. It's all these fascinating Yeah, and they, some of the R&D we've been involved with at UCL of looking into taxi driver brains and, and how they navigate and describe their routes and how they split up London is 
all fascinating mm. stuff in that area as well. And understanding what people talk about and how they refer to it and how they understand things is a fascinating area, I think. It's not so much natural language with taxi drivers, it's robust language. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific subset of language. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeremy, finish us off with a prediction, or was the GNS timing Yeah, the PNT seeking... one was really my, my one, that that will get much more attention. It may not be hugely visible this coming year, but it's an area that will get a lot more attention in not just next year but in the years ahead i think if, if okay. one of you predicts that my book's going to publish at the end of march in north america or early april in europe then you'll both be absolutely nailed on for a certain win yeah this but next year. blockbuster sales i predict uh, yeah that's yeah. nice thank you <laughs> yeah it'd be, it'd be good yeah. now, now listeners for the first time on the geomob podcast just pause for a moment for the advertising break in march of 2022 Thematic Mapping by Ken Field will finally be published in a hard copy version. You will be able to place this magnificent book on your coffee table for no more than... 20 seconds. No? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ken, congratulations on getting the book published digitally this year I I hope this isn't this could be a (laughs) terrible 2022 (laughs) podcast if something horrible happens between now and let's hope it all goes smoothly Jeremy lovely to have you on the podcast both of you as we're sitting here recording this both a happy Christmas to you and a happy new year to all of our listeners I know we've said it before but There wouldn't be much point in us doing this if you weren't listening to us and sending us feedback. So thank you to all of you who have listened to us. I wish you a happy, a healthy and a safe and an exciting 2021. I've just noticed that this is the 112th episode of the podcast that we've recorded. Considering that was came from a random conversation between Frey Falcon and me just over two years ago. That's pretty fantastic. So thank you all who've been listening to us. We wish you a happy new year and say good night from London. See you on the other side. Thanks, Stephen. Bye. Bye. If I could shut this thing down, that would be good. <laughs> still recording. Still okay, we're still, still recording, recording, but we're really going now. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye again. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMR podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.